Welcome to the Guilty Pleasures podcast, the podcast where we sit down and chat to influential people about their quirky traits and questionable habits. Forget what you think you know, we're about to get into the nitty gritty of what makes people tick. Whether it's a secret Jedward obsession or putting milk into your tea first, get strapped in lads, we're about to find out. We're your hosts, I'm Maxine and I'm Katie. So this week's guest is the hilarious 2FM presenter, host, podcaster, Laura Fox. So Laura, you're so welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yes, thanks so much for having me. It's a lovely little Thursday evening treat. I'm not going to lie though, I'm absolutely bricking it. Really? You? Why? Yeah, because uh, I'm probably on your end where like I'm in control and I'm asking the questions and now <laughs> shit in a brick because I'm like, what will I say? What <laughs> light is on? <laughs> but I was going to ask like... Like you are doing loads, like you were doing bits. You're on 2FM, you have a podcast with Emma Power. You know, you, I think you've done a lot throughout the years to get to where you are, you know? But did you always have in your head that you wanted to do presenting? Was that always the goal? Yeah, like I think from a young one, I was like a fame hungry little like munchkin. You know yourself, where it's just like, I want to be on stage, I want to be on TV, I want to do whatever. Um, but I always love radio and um, I got a really great opportunity. It's like six years ago now at this point in Galway Bay FM where they had an open day. And this is bizarre. Like it does not happen in radio, in media. Open days just don't exist. Um, they had a big open day. I came in, I did a couple of demos and then... I heard nothing, like solid nothing. And they said the end date was whatever. Heard nothing by then. And I was like, they're fucking lost. What are they at? Blah, blah, blah. And then three months later, I got a call. And it was just a kind of like, hey, so can you come in and start working on breakfast? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what the hell? So I got in then that way. And uh, then I started doing Irish TV. And then I, I was comfortable in Galway and I could have made real shapes and like it was progressing for me where, you know, if I had pushed enough and pitched enough, I could have got my own show and I left it all because my sole aim then was 2FM and like I, I knew no one in 2FM. I had no idea how I was going to get in there or what I was going to do, but I always knew that if I didn't try and if I didn't like just shoot my shot while I was still so young that I would regret it forever and I'm not really ever one for staying safe so so I just kind of was like let's just drop it now and my whole mentality was I don't have a mortgage I don't have kids right now is the time for me to actually just try so I just dropped everything and moved to Dublin and I enrolled then in journalism course just to kind of give me something to do do you know like yeah. everyone's like why are you moving to Dublin you can't just be like well I'm trying to get into like a job that I have no idea how I'm going to do it or I don't know because everyone's going to think you're absolutely daft which you are <laughs> Um, but I, I just, I enrolled in journalism and I was like, okay, at least then I can say, oh, I moved to Dublin for college and I can have this backstory. So I was traveling up and down to Galway. I was covering like random shows, uh, here and there. I was working up here and it got a lot. And then an opening came from a guy, I randomly started working in PR. I started telling this guy about how I wanted to get into 2FM. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And he was like, well, there is the RT Pulse broadcaster, which is the digital broadcaster that RT has. He's like, I've got a contact in there. It'd be really great experience for you. And, you know, it could help you navigate your way over. So he gave me an email. I emailed uh, the boss every day or sorry, every week for six weeks. I wasn't getting oh a response. God. I was like, <laughs> nothing this you want to listen to me so I stayed going so I genuinely think that they gave me the job just to shut me up 
like she's never going to leave us alone let's wear them down exactly just like do that for everyone in life just wear them down eventually they will say yes but I think that important that like if somebody says no or you know maybe not now don't take that personally and don't take that as like you should stop doing what you're doing if you genuinely believe in yourself and you think that you're good enough to carry out whatever it is that you're doing in life then just make sure that you're like given a gusto and you're not going to stop till till it's time for you to stop um but yeah, like up until that, like I make that sound so seamless. It wasn't. There were so many times where I had so many meltdowns, breakdowns. I mean, I was so strapped for cash because I was working job to job. Uh, even in the PR, I was still freelance. So I was just hoping to like jump in on like different companies. Um, I was doing like social media management, which I still have PTSD from. But yeah, I had so many meltdowns along the way. And I had set myself um, targets where I was like, if I don't have X by X, Day, that's it I'm out it's time to grow up it's time to you know get a real job and sort my shit out and it was just Brian uh, my boyfriend who the whole time was just like no Foxy you got this like you got it you have to stay going and I'd be roaring being like there's five euro in my bank account I can't even bloody order a Jager bomb with that like what mm -hmm. the hell am I supposed to do with life and and he was just constantly being like you have this and you do have this so like I do have to say it wasn't just him like my friends as well and my family were all very much like stick with it you'll do this so if I didn't have a support network around me that were willing to push me to get there I would have been so screwed mm. um, so yeah I got myself into Pulse and then um, this deadly guy called Alan McQuillan he trained me in he's actually the guy who introduced me and Emma Power together he was like you two are going to get along and we have so much to thank from um, he's since passed away but he has a massive legacy uh, behind him but he trained everyone in in the entire RT building like he's just he was that kind of a man that had his fingers in so many pies that when, when he did pass, everyone was like, this going to fall apart. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Yeah. But um, he was brilliant. He, uh, I hung out with him loads and he was like, I think that you would be a great fit for doing entertainment over on 2FM. We're going to put a demo together, but you have to play it cool. You can't just fire the demo over and then be like, so come hire me. Like, you know, like do whatever. He's like, they will get pissed off and they'll be like, not a fucking hope. This isn't happening. So he set it up that he sent my demo over to um, the boss into FM to Paul. And he had said to him, he was like, I've just dropped something in your folder. You might want to have a listen to it. Um, it's a girl who's down in Paul's. So I think she fished the profile. And um, he was like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. So Al said, we have to run into him in the hallway. Like, we need to just like, you know, nonchalantly meet him just so I can like, oh, this is the girl I was telling you about, Laura Hall. Yeah. And make it seem like it's so blasé. Yeah. So I came in for three days in a row where me and Al lurked around corners, hoping that <laughs> Paul coming out of meetings. We're like, he would come out and we'd be like, this is it. Honestly, it was like something from a comedy. He'd come out and instead of turning left, he'd turn right. And we were like, no! <laughs> Did you have to bribe anyone for his uh, schedule or anything? <laughs> but that's the thing. He, Paul is a man, like, uh, he's a different, he's an enigma. He does his own thing at the best of times. Like, he'll have meetings at the steps, uh, the front steps of RG. Like, so it's just, you could see him coming, but he changed direction last second and you can't peg he it down knows. <laughs> yeah. he probably did he could probably like have a, he has like a, a radar cat and mouse. but eventually then like that um i ran into him um very very casually i've told this story to him since and he <laughs> thinks it's so gas but as well it's it's such a testament to alan mcquillan's character
character because this was the type of person he is. Like he didn't have to go out of his way to help anybody, but he did. Mm. And um, I ran into Paul that day anyway, accidentally. And it was like, this is Laura, this is what I was telling you about, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh yeah, great. Actually, yeah, I'm going to listen to it now. I'm on my way back to my desk. It's perfect. The following week, it was a phone call and it was like, hey, Laura, can you cover Lottie? She's got to take a day off. And, and it's been like that ever since. Um, like, it's been so amazing. I've got so much cover in there. I've since like progressed then to, you know, covering the weekend shifts. And I got my shot of covering Jenny Green, which is like prime time and stuff. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's so hard <laughs> in, and not the radio side of things. That's absolutely amazing. But it's the, because I'm on a zero hour contract, I have nothing permanent. So I don't know what's coming and what's going. There are so only so many slots into FM and they're filled at the minute. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate that I have been getting enough cover work um, with 2FM to keep me going. And of course, then it's, it's helped alongside like with my profile, with like Instagram, with booking other jobs. Um, so any of the presenting gigs that I did, um, like I interviewed Maura Higgins for Benamianta. I did another one with uh, Katie Cashel for uh, Cash Beauty. Like they came out of the fact that I work in 2FM and it was like, oh, we know what she sounds like there. We've seen what she's like in her Instagram. I actually think she would work perfect for this. And then of course, Joan Couture. Like, I mean, we got a whole grand show out of that and we were supposed to be in the three arena and it landed on the telly. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing though. And I suppose you were saying that you've just had to be super persistent, you know, getting onto people and to get where you are now. I suppose I must've really built your confidence or you must've really built a tough kind of skin or thick skin. Definitely a thick skin and like 100% without a doubt, there's no sugarcoating it. I have had way more no's than I have had yeses. Um, but because of that, I've kind of learned not to listen. <laughs> I'm like, they don't mean that. But, but yeah, it, it has just been persistent and it, it would like at the very beginning, it would knock you when someone would say, no, you go, okay, I know like, and I can't pester and I can't do this and I can't do that. But now that I have like, I've pestered enough, I've actually kind of found that people appreciate an honest approach that if you get in contact with someone and you say, I think I would be perfect for this because, and you just name out your credentials. Here's a clip of me doing X, Y, Z. Here's why I think that I will be so amazing for this. Like no one is ever going to big you up the way that you can big yourself up. And if you're confident enough to big yourself up, then people are going to have confidence in you that you're going to be able to do the job. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, you need a thick skin because it's brutal. And like when they're telling you, no, they're very much like, no, you're not our cup of tea. It's not happening. Like they're not sugarcoating it back because they don't have time. Yeah. So you just have to learn, okay, this isn't personal. This is just, this instance isn't going to work right now, but future ones will. You've great persistence. Like it's actually so admirable. They should get you in and like to speak to like journalism courses in college. Cause you're just like, go for it. Like, like just hide behind <laughs> but you have to, it would seem that persistence is key. And even with Joan Couture as well, like that's a massive, like that's a massive step as well into TV. And obviously you, you're not someone that has like a face for radio at all. So like, is that something that you want to like get into? Like, would you see yourself like, is your heart in radio or would you see yourself like maybe migrating over TV having Put me on the television? <laughs> like I'd always, always, always wanted to go on TV. And my granny as well, she is like, she's the toughest woman that you will ever come across. And she tells her how it is. And she's been saying for years, she's just like, oh, 
if we can just put you on the telly now, I'd enjoy it a lot more. Obviously, she's your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, she is. She'll pretend oh. she's absolutely not. Like, oh I mean, she'll fall on, like, play down everything. And if you need to be, like, kept humble and kept to the ground, she'll she'll make sure that you're with the place. It'll be like, mm, it's fine. It could have, like, it could have been better. But she couldn't contain her excitement, like, after the Junkature night and when it was on the TV. I didn't, I didn't hear from her. Like she didn't ring me that night. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Cause she probably, she knows I'm on the beer. <laughs> like she knows call me. And then, but then the next day I didn't hear from her till four o'clock. And I answered the phone and I was like, what time do you call this? What is it? And she was like, to guess. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was absolutely paying her to get it. And then she completely broke down. She goes, oh God, you were everything I thought you'd be and more. And I was like, that's Aww. all I want. Um, I, oh my God, I have so many ideas for TV and so many like, fun ideas that I think belong on Irish TV. Um, I think like we're, we're lost in limbo at the minute in Irish television, where I just don't think that there is TV for us, where mm. like, like we're not excited to sit down and watch a show. Like I totally remember when like I was in my college days, um, like when I was younger and you know, you'd be going pre-drinking and stuff that you would go over and watch like a league of their own while you're like pre-drinking and like, and it's yeah. a bit of banter, like while all that's happening and celebrity juice is one of my favorite shows yeah. of all time. Like the Graham Norton show, like all of those like English shows are just like, you're howling laughing while you're watching them. And they're so funny. Irish television has done serious very, very well. I mean, like, you can't deny that, like, we, we've managed to do that very, very well, but we're missing, we're missing what makes the Irish Irish, the absolute crack, not the crack that has been gone through, like, three different directors and production teams till, like, the fucking life is sucked out of it, <laughs> I mean, like, full on, did they just say that shit? <laughs> And I really think that's what we're missing. And I really think I'd be great at it. <laughs> but the, yeah, I just, I would like, I would love, love, love to do something like that for us. Or even if it was like, like I say, like, I'd love to do like an online platform or something, but there isn't like, especially to an Irish culture, there is nothing like bigger than being on the telly. Like it is just one of those things where you're like, oh, that's your one off the telly. I saw you on the telly the last day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being at the Galway races and I ended up being in one of the ads uh, for the Galway races. And like my phone was hopping because everyone was like, I've seen you on the telly. You're like, you're standing there. And I was like, am I? Get me to the show. Like I wanted to go and so badly. And you're cringing them being like, what it looked like. Like yeah. right Junkature, I had done um I'd done a lot of interviews um uh, on the lead up to it, like a lot of press and loads of different things, and everybody was like, like what you just asked me there, like, you know, like is this something you want to do? And I'm there going, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm made for it, I'm class, this is what I want to do. Like, I really want to just be given the chance, and I feel like I've worked hard enough and I've put the slog in and whatever. And then the day of, like a Brian had like nearly nursed me back to health. I was having a full-on mental breakdown, like the sweats and everything. I was like, what if I am so shit and I have just bigged myself up to everybody and told them that they should definitely hire me for gigs like this in the future and to watch this. And if I'm shit, they're going, fuck that. We're not hiring her anymore. And I'm mortified. <laughs> Oh, but you yeah. don't come across that way anyway. No, definitely not. So when like, you're on about TV, are you on about like, from what you're saying, are you on about kind of public of, Republic of Telly in its heyday or are you thinking something a bit more glam or what are you thinking? Republic of Italian Tay Day was one of my favorite shows ever. Debauchery, like just debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, I was to go back and watch YouTube clips of that. And yeah. like, 
like make a camera and like stupid, stupid television. Like it's yeah. stupid. It shouldn't make sense, but it absolutely does. Like the theme in my head that I always have is I would like to sit with a group of people and nearly have the same cracking conversations that you would have in pre-drinks. Obviously it would have to be like choreographed a lot better, mm. but it's the total nonsense that happens that after it you're going, what the fuck's that? Well, like what did they say or what? Mm. But that people at home can literally just sit and laugh and enjoy it. Mm. So, so it's like a panel. I would love, I would love an Irish version of Celebrity Juice. Like Celebrity Juice is up there. I watch reruns of that when I'm loaded sitting on the couch. <laughs> I love it so much. And I'm like howling at all the episodes. I don't even care who the guests are half the time. And I just think like, I just think it's so gross and it's so funny. And that's just yeah. what we need. <laughs> would you say that's a guilty pleasure for you so or not at all? Oh, like, I mean, I would like to say it's a guilty pleasure, but like I absolutely, relishing that yeah <laughs> no shame no no shame at all and to be honest I'm really sorry because like I think honestly I turned 30 in November and I like I always thought when people said like oh when you turn like 30 you really just don't give a shit and you just kind of are very at home self and I don't know if that's happened because I've turned 30 or because we've been in lockdown for so long now that I'm just kind of very much going fuck this why on earth did I ever hold back before? Because look at what's just happened while, you know, we were sitting just trying to play nice and make sure that like no one was offended and we got everything done. Um, so, so yeah, actually, I'm probably the worst guilty pleasures person to come on your podcast because right now I'm like, enjoy it all. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. But is there anything you do now while you're obviously... That would be a guilty pleasure while you're at home. Like I suppose, well, you're like you're kept very busy, but in your downtime, like, is there anything that you would do that people wouldn't expect from you? Oh, like I slob. Like, I mean, I remember, especially during lockdown one, um, I had, I'd come to the end of my contract with RT and I was six weeks straight out of work, like zero work. I couldn't get a new contract signed over because obviously the state of the bloody world, they were like, I don't know if we work for her, like, what do we do? So for the first like couple of days, I wallowed, like as in, as you would, like, I mean, world just got pulled from under you. You now have no income. You have no prospect of like work. Then I'm there questioning everything I've done for the last six years being like, why the fuck did I spend so much time doing this on an industry that's gone like that when I could have been focusing on doing something that I would have a job out of now. And then I was like, okay, you're going to get your job back. It's going to be totally fine but you can't do anything about it while you're sitting here crying and in an anxious mess. So find a TV show and just don't get out of bed and enjoy not doing anything. So I started watching, like I think everybody did, but Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. (laughs) Like, I mean... It made not getting out of bed so much easier. Like it made, it made like Brian knocking on the door and being like, will I open a window? I was just like, I'm okay, thanks. He's like, you're so gross. <laughs> but I didn't care. I was like, I had finally just been like at peace. And I was like, this is really great. So I continue that now. And um, I write a lot of uh, lists. I started putting them up on Instagram a few weeks ago. Um, just because, especially when we came back into a third lockdown, it was kind of this impending doom where we didn't have an end date and everyone was like, shit, shit, shit. And you had a whole load of people back out of work again. And I knew what that felt like from the very beginning. So what I told people was, I was like, make a list where you put down the most mundane things. So like my list for one of the days was, 
get up, like do my exercise, bring the dog for a walk, come home, get into bed and watch my TV show. It was the crown at the time. Watch my TV show for three hours straight. Don't take a break. And then take a break to have like a cup of tea and a Kit Kat and get back into bed and watch it again. But the fact that you scheduled it, just some crazy things to your mind because you're, I mean, you're productive. Kind of, oh, yeah, it's kind of going, oh, I've ticked that now. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And you feel more productive even though you've done nothing. But it's just a way, it's a way that I managed to really put my anxiety at bay. Um, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people would expect that. Like I, I do a lot of slouching. Like when I'm, when I'm not like working, I am... Um, full on relax mode there's like there's no like there's no breaking it because I'd spent so much time being like where's my next job what am I doing well, like what's coming on so instead of doing that now like I pick my days off and my days off I thoroughly enjoy and now yeah. that like Brian's working from home and stuff like he's there like working away gone mad and I'm like hairs in a hun bun <laughs> I'm just coming in for another drink and I'm like see you later and I'm back down watching more TV again yeah, right. and uh, is that something that you kind of just decided to do you know since the pandemic is that something you've just been able to do and um, before that I would have would have you would you've been just very go 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 the whole time before that I was I'd say on the verge of burnout um, and because I mean it was so hot to look like you were non-stop doing stuff mm. and I'm I'm really really happy that the pandemic hit for that reason alone that it kind of gave me a second to slow down even on the days that I was doing nothing and you're trying to look busy on Instagram to pretend you're running errands or like doing <laughs> shit you know like that fucking wrecks my head but but you get caught up in being like oh well I have to be busy because they're busy and they're busy so they're getting more work because they're busy so I should be busy and then I'll get more work and it's exhausting like your head is so fried trying to come up with ways to make it look like busy you don't enjoy any of your time at all so my like my granny as well she'd always say she's like the time will pass no matter what and I think that's stuck with me so well because like the time is going to pass whether you were in a really shit anxious like, what am I going to do next mood? Or it's still going to pass if you just take a chill pill and go, you know what? It'll work itself out. It'll be okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm particularly happy that the rat race has like slowed down. And even the, you know, the commute to work and all that kind of stuff. Like when I was uh, working in RT before the pandemic, I was in every single morning for half eight. And then I left at half four, which was fine. But because I was living so far away at the time, I, it, it took three hours of my day to commute. Wow. Like, and I was exhausted from that because I was on public transport. So even though I'm technically a 20 minute drive away because I had to get two different buses and traffic was so mental, it was an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half to two hours in the evening. So like, then you're just absolutely exhausted. And that's one thing I never want to have to go back to. Would Instagram, like I know for you, especially with when you are, you know, freelancing, when you are in the media, like you're a personality as well. So there is a kind of thing where you just can't switch off. So like, would Instagram for you be enjoyable? Would it be a guilty pleasure, you might say? Or would it be, would it be something that you're like, oh my God, like I have to do this. I have to be turned on. I have to kind of appear like, you know, do you know, like you're having fun and Instagram to me is definitely a guilty pleasure. I really enjoy it these days. And um, I had stressed for so, so, so long about getting to 10K um, and hitting the 10K mark because obviously, you know yourself, you get 10K, you get your swipe up link. And once you get your swipe up link, you are more lucrative to businesses because you've got a swipe up. So they can actually, they can use you. And I totally get the mentality behind it. I was like stuck on a limbo of like 8,000 for so long. And I remember someone saying to me before, they were like, 
8,000 is really good going, Laura, for someone who has no structure to their Instagram whatsoever and who's just kind of there. But I got what they meant. I wasn't posting regularly. I might post like once a month or something. Um, I My stories varied from days at work to down Jager bombs. Like they had no, they made no sense. You weren't getting anything from nice variety. my variety. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, why, why would, why would anybody follow me? And I was like, oh my God, you make so much sense when you actually, when you put it like that. So I did a big giveaway um, last November to coincide with my 30th. I was like, you know what? I just do a fuck off giveaway. I'll get to the 10K and I'll sort my life out from there. So I did that. It went really well. I was very open and honest with people. I was like, I am doing this giveaway purely to get to 10,000 followers. <laughs> no <And> shame. I- <laughs> but the thing about it is, the more honest you are with people, because they don't see you online that often. I know I don't. They kind of go, oh my God, yeah, I'm giving her the follow. And, like, and that's what I loved about it. I was like, and, and from then I was like, I'm not going to fucking bullshit at all. Like I promise that I will not bullshit anytime that I come on here. Whereas I used to be kind of scared about what I would say on my story. I would be thinking about it all day being like, okay, I need to go on the evening. Like, what will I talk about? What will I say? Like, how will I do it? Now I literally, something comes into my head and I say it and I, I leave it. And it's become more enjoyable because of that. And I'm having really like fun times interacting with people from like stupid shit I say that they're coming back being like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me or like, just ridiculous things, even talking about TV shows. And, and I'm really, really, really enjoying that side of it. But yeah, I, I understand exactly what you mean that Instagram and like social media in general can be very, it can be toxic, but it can feel like a lot of pressure when you feel like you have to be on and be showing and be doing. So now instead what I do is I'll shoot a lot of photos at the start of the week and I'll have stuff to post then because I'm like, I may as well give you something while you're actually here. And I, I do <laughs> like actually like taking photos, even though like me and Brian will kill each other. Um, I've been doing it with my tripod a lot when uh, he's just like, no, I, I can't go today because it's really like, I totally forget. The insta like, boyfriend I, is out of, out of office <laughs> for the day. I mean, if he put that out of office on full time, he would absolutely do it. He hates, I think he hates the pressure of it so much. And like, it's mad because I just get infuriated straight away where I'm like, how do you not know what you're doing? Like, and he, like he'll focus on the stupidest thing where I'll be like, get me in front of this door and the door will be in fucking yeah. And I'm like, what were you doing? And I'll be like, he'll be like, I liked that light above your head. And I'm like, yeah, but you've put off my ankles. Like, what are you at? So like, when, but then when I realized I was like, okay, if I actually just tell you what exactly what I need, then I can yeah. get it um so like i have three shots max with him and it's it's out the gap so with my phone is a lot easier a lot of the time i don't know if you found that like i'm i'm i know you come from a small town in galway so like yeah. do you know like galway is very small like galway is tiny so <laughs> do, you know do you ever did you ever feel like when you were starting out and like trying to put yourself out there which now is kind of a lot more common i think but like maybe a few years ago if you were putting yourself out there did you feel like maybe i don't know that you were they were like, oh, look at your one, the notions, like if you, if you did anything that broke from the, the norm, kind of. There definitely was. I think I was really lucky in the town that I come from, my lot, that like I was massively embedded in the community aspect of it, like through sport and drama and all that. So I knew everybody. But like 
they always thought, even my own friends, like they full on thought I was just tapped. They were just like, all right, she lives in uh, this cuckoo land. Because I remember like going to my career guidance teacher and being like, like, I want to be a presenter. I want to be on TV. Like, I mean, how do I get into that? And I'm, our guidance teacher at the time just told every girls to do nursing and boys to do engineering. Like, yeah. that was it. <laughs> but they just didn't know every how Every school. <laughs> they're like but sure it's a great career and I'm like but I, I don't want that like yeah. give me something else and I'm talking like I did my leave in 2008 so like however acceptable it is now that there are media courses and like journalism courses that are open and like people think it's a really good idea to go and do them like then it was very much like no why would you do that like that's so stupid um I wouldn't say that I found like much or any real hate I, there definitely was a few and a few people who definitely still don't like me to this day but I'm okay with that I'm totally fine um I think I was lucky enough that like I did have a great group and and like that like I said they did just think I was tapped they were like what's she doing like I'll never forget when I won Miss Galway and they needed me to come out because they had a um they had a quad bike that they wanted to raffle so they decided they were going to stick me on the quad bike and take a picture for the tomb herald and I was like <laughs> well, I'll do it but I was like you're not going to just put me on a quad bike like I'm gonna drive and try to do donuts in the like park with this and they were like what like what the fuck and I'm like go bigger go home like what are you gonna do and I just remember like my mom hearing about this from like neighbors being like you'll never guess what Laura did down in the pitch and she and my mother's like what were you ash and I'm like but they said they wanted to go photos how else were they gonna get them and I go around with you know the beeble stunner heels like the big yeah. like <laughs> yeah and like the disco pants and this like mile off 79 like jacket over and I sitting up on top of the quad bike racing around the place like I mean I think it was just, just that type of like shit that everyone's like she's not gonna make it because she'll probably kill herself before she gets the point <laughs> well, you have to get the live action shots though yeah. you got them I'd say you got them See, they would have made a really good TikTok, but we just didn't have it then. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're just ahead of your time, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I suppose, just getting back to, you were saying, you know, on Instagram, you'd be putting up stories. And I suppose this translates to you being on air as well when you're, when you're doing entertainment news or when you're um, presenting. But do you have, do you ever get nervous? And if you do, do you have any rituals that you might um, implement oh. to help? have a ritual before I go on air and it's going to sound like the stupidest thing in the whole entire world but I'll always and in this order I will brush my hair I'll spray on some deodorant I'll put on a spritz of perfume and then I'll take a drink of water and then I'll go live and like it's not that anybody can see or smell me while I'm on air but I just feel I'm like okay I feel good now and I'm and I'm ready to I'm ready to go 100% without a doubt I was so nervous um the first time that I ever went on air and for the first couple of times too because it's a very intimidating like place to walk into even to find stories like the entertainment news and all of the news that goes on like on 2FM it's it's very presenter driven and and you're in charge of what you talk about so you're looking for topics that a are going to work that people are going to want to hear about that like people who are listening are going to actually care about but be that you can talk to the other presenter about so let's say you're on first thing in the morning you need to find a topic that if i'm talking to jennifer zambrelli is is going to work with me and jen um me and lottie have a down to a teen at this point when she's covering jen's show and and i'm covering her like i think because we're so close in age and we're so vibey anyway that like we we can get really good segments out of each other and um, and as well like going on like with tracy clifford i mean they're all absolutely dead humans jenny green they're just they're so fab but each one of them are completely different so you yeah. need to try and tailor 
uh, stories to that, which can be so bloody stressful. And especially at the beginning, because I think what you forget too is that it, it is very personality driven and it's hard to fake a connection to people you don't know. So when you're starting off first, and like, especially on my first day, my very first day in 2FM, I started off on air with um, the breakfast show. So that was when it was like Jen, Bernard and Keith. And I was like, fucking hell, like what, like what's going on? Like I'm Simpside Bernard Roche and like Jennifer Zamparelli, like I mean, this is insane. But then I went in and I was like, it was just this weird realization where I was like, I have been to your concerts. It was Nikki fucking Byrne. Like, I've you. I have honest to God, like, I've loved Westlife. And now I'm standing across having a conference. It was like, this is the real fucking deal. And that's when I was really, really nervous. Um, he's an absolute, like, lovely guy. Jenny Green is, like, the goat. She is the fucking coolest person that you will ever meet in your whole entire life. And I love her to bits, but like, it was so intimidating walking in with the two of them. I was like, you're really big household names, but like, like I go to your gigs. I've been to, like, it was just that, that's when I was ridiculously, ridiculously nervous. Um, like the nerves, they subside now. Like I'm never nervous going on air anymore, but I am excited. Yeah. And I think that the minute that I lose the excitement is going to be a very scary moment because that's when you go, okay, what the hell's going on here? This isn't, this isn't a regular job. This isn't a job that you just now get very placid about where you're like, oh yeah, I'm into work, I'm out of work. It has to be a job that you're excited about the whole time because you're providing entertainment for everybody who is listening. And I always think I'm like, like I remember when I was growing up, I used to listen to The Blast all the time. Um, it was 10 to 12. And like, I never went to bed before midnight because I loved JP and the bitch so much. Like <laughs> they were, it was just, it was such a fun radio show. But they brought me like so much solace, like when I was going through shit in school where I was having fights with friends or like I was having boy problems or stupid things. They were my escape. And I always think of that. I'm like, you're someone's escape when they turn on the radio and they could be having a really, really shit day. And especially with the current climate that's going on, you don't ever want to be like ramming down someone's throat happiness. Like that's the last thing you want. You want to be relatable, but you also want to have a bit of a pep in your step where after they finish listening to you, they're going... Yeah, do you know what? That did me the world of good. Even if it's just one link that, that they've heard, that then they've got out of the car and they're going into their house to do whatever they're doing for the evening. And instead of coming in in a mood and maybe starting to fight with like their partner or whatever, you know, like you do it. I do that when I'm in a bad mood. I come in like all guns blazing being like, what did you do wrong? Um, but if you could put someone into a good mood at all, then that's your job done. I don't even know how I got onto that. <laughs> No, but it is like, and it's such a tonic. Like I, I remember when I was younger and I, I texted into 2FM and my text got read out on the on, on air and I was like, oh my God. And like, I used to listen to, you'd know this, I went to and a four and stuff like that. And I used to be like, I used to be howling at the radio and I wouldn't go to sleep. Like it was just, it was a tonic. Like there were the things that got you through the day. So like, I remember like, like that, I was in at Lone Top Shopping Centre before and someone came up to me randomly um, and I found out afterwards that they were from my radio and I was on my radio saying that um, it was actually like something like my guilty pleasure as in like what's your favorite food and it was like a chicken fillet roll and I was like is there anything more satisfying than a good chicken fillet roll can of coke and like a bag of crisps so I'm like it's just so simple yet so effective and and that went out all over the radio and I was like screaming because every 
I was like, oh my God, you're on the radio. But like, it is, it's even so simple that when your texts get read out, that like, you know, you say happy birthday to someone or someone says happy birthday to you. It's like, oh my God, so someone said happy birthday to you on the radio. And, and you can't ever forget that. You can't ever forget when someone asks you, could you please do a request for whoever that like, and especially now where people can't see each other, that like if they're tuned into the same airwave and like, it's, it's just, it's a very special moment where you're going, you got to kind of connect them together. I just wanted to ask as well, have you, what was your worst on-air moment? Did you ever have an absolute stinker for the want of a better word? Like, did you ever just go, oh my God, did this just happen to me? Like embarrassing moment or has it been smooth yeah. sailing so far? Oh, like, no, none of it has been smooth sailing. <laughs> There's been loads of like, like random bumps, like literally two weeks ago, I was on air. It was the five to seven slot and I had, uh, I'd done a link into Oh my God, what was it? Oh, um, it was a Be- Becky Hill song, you know, where she goes, cause I'm better off without you. Yeah. And I was like, and I love like that song or whatever. So I had done my link, I played my tune and I was like staying going. So I had the computer on in front of me. I had my phone as well. I was just going for like what my next link was and I was getting everything ready. So I was like, okay, grand, right, whatever. And I didn't realize that I was singing, but I didn't really matter till I heard myself in my headphones and I was like, I should be able to hear myself. I realized I didn't put oh no. fucking mic. Oh I was no. waiting. You know where you're like shower singing where you don't think anyone else is listening, but I have an entire fucking nation. <laughs> oh my God. I was like texting me being like, what is, is there something else playing or something? I'm like, oh my fucking God. And there was all these messages to me being like, are you singing? And I was like, no, but yes, but like, it's stupid shit like that. It's a simple thing. You're always supposed to put down the mic. And then the one time I forget the mic, I sing the most high-pitched song. But yeah, like, I mean, there's so many things. There's so many, like, I, especially now I'm more comfortable with talking. Whereas, uh, God, I, I would even say a year ago when I was covering shows that like, I would kind of panic coming into the end of my link where you're like, how do I get out of this? How do I end this? Like, you know, I can't just go bye, 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 bye. So I'm like, <laughs> like, I would just panic with like, I'd say stupid things or I just end it abruptly and like go into a song and it'd be like, why did you do that? Why did you just take like three more seconds and chill out instead of being like, oh, what's, what's going on? So like panic has set in so, 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 so many times. Um, I've hit wrong songs. I've put the station off air more times than I'd actually care to admit. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, stupid, stupid things. Um, yeah, like there's so much stuff that I, I am not proud of, but then at the same time, I'm like, you make mistakes and you have to make mistakes so that you can then go on. Nobody comes on and is perfect. I think yeah. with 2FM, it's good though, because, um, you know, if there are ever any blunders, like it's just kind of played off and laughed about rather than, you know, oh, you've made this big mistake or try to like brush uh-huh. over it, you know? So okay. I think that kind of, that, that kind of adds to the crack of the station and, you know, any of the shows that are on, that are on. So mm-hmm. to works. be honest, like, I mean, I think the station lives for fuck-offs because <laughs> I mean, that's Instagram content. And it's like, right, like how can we repackage this and like make it actually work? And like, you'll see with Theron and Owen in the mornings, like, I mean, they're just a constant battle back and over of like, you know, who's fucked up now? Like, how are we going to do this? And it's, it's just mayhem. It's mayhem at six o'clock in the morning till nine where you haven't even fully woke up and you're like, did that just happen? 
I mean, that is the joy to have found, that you get the encouragement to just go with it. Yeah, go for it. So we we always do a little quick fire round at the end. So super quick, first thing that comes into your head. So I suppose, uh, first of all, um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, No manners. I can't, cannot cope with people who are rude. I do not have time for it. And I am that person who calls people out now for like being a dick, basically. Yes. Nice. You're right. You're right. Okay. So <clears throat> what's your hidden talent? I am definitely the fastest person in the world down in Jager Bombs. Yay. Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid now and she's very quick. So I'd love to like, have the two of you up against each other and see. I'm really so game for that. What's yeah, your, you know, what's your, what's your be- uh, personal best? <laughs> I'm always, uh, uh, here, listen, I'm definitely way too Jager Bombs deep to time myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So tv or radio oh my god if i could put radio on tv i would be like it'd be game over for everybody radio is where the the like non-scripted like bang crack happens all the time and i would love to put that into a television setting where it's just like mayhem so yeah i'm gonna go radio on tv okay so i suppose yeah last one so the last question is uh what is your guiltiest pleasure of all my guiltiest pleasure of all, I think, oh my God, is actually just being a nice little slob. Like, <laughs> I love being just a slug of a human. You know, where you're like those days where you don't even shower, you don't even think about it, you don't contemplate it. And you're just like, bet into some ratchet TV show that is chronically bad. But if that could be my guiltiest pleasure, it would be like reality TV, but like, eating my way through it and just like I love screaming at the television when I have like a mouthful of chocolate and I'm like what the fuck were they thinking like what was the thought process behind this it's honestly one of my happiest so yeah <laughs> dead right well I thought we'll, we'll leave it at that so we've kept yeah. you long enough before we go um most people probably know you already but for anyone who he, he doesn't know you that well yet where can they find out more about you and what have you got going on at the moment that's a really nice thing to say. Most people don't know me well, and that's totally fine. They will. <laughs> <laughs> they will. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at FoxyLaura10. I set that up when I was like, I don't know, <laughs> in my early 20s, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a fun name, not thinking that I would be saying it across the airwaves. Well, thank thank you, so you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Girls, thanks so much thank for having me. I absolutely love this. <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Guilty Pleasures podcast. We have lots more exciting guests lined up, so please be sure to tune in. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can get us on Instagram at the Guilty Pleasures podcast, or you can get us on Twitter at the Guilty P-L-E-A-S 2. That's the number two. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week.